0: You're listening to Reawaken, a podcast by The Humane Clinic. Our hosts are Humane Clinic therapists Matt Ball, Rory Ritchie and Bernie Maywald. Our theme music is Hope by the talented at O'Mull.
1: Everywhere people, in every place, all of the countries and each race, need your hope. That's what this word is in need. hope is in the water that sprouts the seed. hope is the thing that stops you bleed.
2: Welcome to uh, the Reawaken podcast. I'm back with Rory. Hello, Rory. Hello. I'm Matt. Hello. Hi, Matt. Hi. Um, We're just going to get into it today and do a bit of a check out at the end. I think. Yeah. And uh, do we need to address your moon boot before we start? Oh, if you're watching this online, I've got a moon boot on. um, Shouldn't laugh. Which I know it's yeah no, it's okay. Which I know. It's not funny to say I'm going to the moon or I'm not going to the moon. But I think given that we're interested in people having realities that other people don't have and the words are how we decide on those realities, the expressions, I do like to think about the silliness of it being called a moon boot and whether I might end up on the moon or not. Just your left leg. Just my, yeah, just my left leg. Or I could just hop on the moon. Um, so anyway if you're not watching and you're listening I've got a moon boot on cuz I no if you're listening that you don't have a moon boot on Oh yeah no if you're listening do you've got podcast high heels, hosts high heels on No but do podcast hosts have bodies and legs or are they just the head If you if you if you're a voice hearer you might know this experience you might not If you're not a voice hearer you probably would never have thought of this but if you meet someone who's hearing voices in your treating them as equal humans, which is a good thing to do, it's just a normal thing to do, uh, then um, you might ask them, do your voices have legs? Because it turns out that that's a question that almost never gets asked of voice hearers. So do podcast hosts have legs? Now, those watching on the video will say yes, but have our bodies been drawn in on the video? So today we're just going to talk about... (laughs) We're going to move on and talk about... um, The theme is going to be, does mental health exist? And obviously, for some, that will be mildly controversial. But hopefully, after we've had a bit of a yarn, it won't sound so silly. Mm. Do you want to start? Um, It's
0: something that I tend to get to when we do a longer training. So once we spend two, three, four days in a room with a certain group, and we're saying things, and people in the group have been taught certain things in their education, their work, I can find myself getting a bit frustrated about what are we actually talking about when we talk about mental health, particularly if there's a growing group of people in the world who don't think the diagnostic labels are legitimate or of any value. Are we just talking about things happening in people's lives and us as people? responding to those things yeah yeah
2: Yeah, I think so so yeah so it's not just does mental illness exist or not that diagnostic Mm -hmm. language nonsense Mm -hmm. um but it but it so that's one part of it but it's also like one of my questions is is does is mental health and physical health separate so yours is that thing on those long workshops and I like it when you get to that point (laughs) tickles me I think when we were in Cummins you were saying teaching down in Cummins and you're like oh, the mental health industry, and it was like, oh, yeah, so does mental health exist if you don't have an industry for employment, for branding, for marketing, for all those things? Does, does mental health exist if you don't have an industry saying it's the mental health industry? In which case, what is mental health? Because, yes, we all have different emotions and feelings but and thoughts and experiences in response to life, but A is that our health, might be, might not be, and B... Like, we, one of the things that really gets me about this, we talk about physical and mental health, and we say people with serious mental health problems, in little bunny-ear type things, um, <laughs> <laughs> or people in bunny suits, I don't know, one or the other. But, um, so, serious mental health problems, or serious mental illness, as people refer to it, their life expectancy is shortened, right? Are we really going to keep pretending that life expectancy is shortened by... Serious mental illnesses, right. which are just a hypothesis or a thought made up, where there's no genetic or scientific supporting evidence that there's anything going on, other than people expressing their experience of living. So, so no, the answer is no. By the way, that doesn't shorten your life, but <laughs> a disorder doesn't shorten your life. So then, should we could we stop talking about physical and mental health as if your mental health starts kind of at your neck? Mm. and then up is your mental health, and below that is your physical health. It's like an incredible thing that we've been taught, which is, I think, nonsense. Isn't that where the imbalance is?
0: Above the net? Uh,
2: Well, I believe so. Uh, Well, I think that's what
0: people say. Yeah, that's one of the concepts we have, right? Yeah. But are we just talking about what we're seeing people do and what we're hearing people explain as their experience when does it become mental
2: health well because those are the words we attach to something we don't know what to say to i reckon it's like the word affair right if you have an affair in your relationship that's the word we've all accepted we could use other language like say you've chosen to have sex with someone else And we use shorthand, right? Like, oh, you've had an affair, right? So then we use shorthand for mental health. Right. So when we're talking about
0: mental health, really (laughs) uh, sometimes we're saying, oh, you've been horribly abused in an institution or you've had a terrible experience in relationship with other human beings or something really scary happened and you almost died and you don't know quite how to work that out in the context of the rest of your life or what yeah. might be the point of living if something so random can happen that's completely out of your control and how do you continue to live what, after that experience?
2: Yeah, and what happens when we say to someone, oh, that's your mental health is failing you or you're having a mental health breakdown? It's a really gross shorthand. It's yeah. it's almost psychotic of society, right? In psychotic in a kind of abnormal reaction or or an unusual reaction it's an abnormal to listen to someone explaining a story of their life and shorthand it to something that takes away agency and just perpetuates a model for employment which i know some people will say is really cynical but i some days i think that's what we're dealing with Mm. you can also be
0: used as a tool of power like your objectionable comments on this podcast, I think that's maybe your mental health, Matt.
2: Yeah, because maybe... And then we use further labels, don't we, like oppositional defiance disorder. Um, I'm thinking of my 14-year-old daughter sticking her finger up at me right now. She won't listen to this, but if she does, I think she'll be laughing. Um, (laughs) You know, it's kind of a joke in our house that some of the ways that people behave are so quickly labelled mental health, and then you go into the disorders, then you go into the medications, then you go into all these fixes and resolutions, and, and why not? Maybe I don't need to label you, and your experience. I could just accept that I don't know what to say. I could say to you, you could tell me a really big story, and I could say, I don't know what to say to that. Mm. Or I could say, Oh, you are you've been you said you've been sad a long time. That's your mental health. Oh, or no, I'd say I don't know what to say.
0: Mm. Maybe sad things keep happening. So it'd make quite a lot of sense to be sad all the time as a r- response to them.
2: Yeah, and then, yeah. And then, does the sad come from your heart? You know how we say your emotions oh, are right, in your heart? Yeah. This is another thing. People will argue this isn't right. And, I, and whatever, This we don't know the answers to anything. We're just having a yarn, right? But I don't know that emotions come from your heart, even though you've got an idea that it's a heart shaped drawing that's red not really sure that feelings are in there it's more like bloody tissue and sinew and but that feels like it's from a time
0: before we came up with the concept of emotions and mental health being in our head right because we could feel our hearts beat faster or slower so when we were upset or angry or anxious about something maybe our heart would start racing so oh that must be where the emotion comes from because that's the sensation we're experiencing Sort of like thousands
2: of years ago yeah and then, right? I'm so so. I'm just going with what you're saying. Yeah. When so is the heart still in your body, or is it now in your head? Is that what you're saying? That our hearts have moved, like geographically, in our bodies into our head? Well, that's it's the way we conceive things, right? Because now I'm
0: thinking, how do we experience even the sensory experience of a heart beating? Is that actually a message that sent, is sent to our brain to be able to read? the sensory, to notice the sensory thing of a heart beating faster, I'm not sure. It's all just the concept of how our current cultures decided to understand things right, which is another thing about mental health. Yeah. I think over the course of human history, we've generally understood that crazy things happen and people get a bit crazy or sad things happen and people get a bit sad, right, or a lot sad or a lot crazy.
2: What is a lot sad or crazy? I think
0: oh this is not gonna work for the audio podcast, but a little bit sad is mm? oh, just a little bit mouth down. And a yeah. really sad is really down mouth. <laughs> down mouth, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> save down mouth for another podcast. Yeah. Um but we didn't always call it mental health, right? No. Right. Sometimes it might be a spiritual thing or
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, a, I'm listening to you. I'm trying to listen to you. Yeah. but I'm still a bit stuck on, you know, when people say the brain changed, and I said this in times when I've done talks, and yeah, I yeah, still yeah. use it as a metaphor. Yeah. The brain changed. So from the kind of primal brain to a much more nuanced brain, where we now, we all pretend it's as simple as the prefrontal cortex attaches to the kind of uh, uh, brainstem a bit more clearly. Is that, is the heart in the middle of like, the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex is the, is the heart moved out of our chest up or through our throat <laughs> into the middle of our head? Is that what you're saying? Or is that what I'm saying? Sweet, maybe what you're saying. Yeah, because that's when I think we decided that feelings are in the heart, when the heart moved into the head.
0: I can't quite understand what you're saying, and now we're having a different experience of reality. I think that's maybe your mental health, not mine. It's definitely not
2: mine. I feel maybe more uncomfortable than you do, but... Well, I feel quite happy because I'm trying not to giggle. (laughs) So is that, like that's good mental health, right? And you're confused. Is that bad mental health?
0: Mm. Yeah. Maybe you're a bit manic, then that would be your mental health.
2: Maybe you're a bit thought-blocked and that's your mental health because you can't really understand what I'm talking about. So why is that my mental health? Is that not your (laughs) thought-blocking? Yeah, I think we've explained quite well. So, 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 yeah, so why do we split up the head and the body? Is it for convenience of explaining it and all those things? If we even went with the idea, okay, it helps the kind of anti-stigma, psychoeducation models. Does it help anti-stigma,
0: though? No, not at all. Especially, somebody said to me not long ago, they keep saying, reach out and reach out, break down the stigma. If you're having problems, speak up, reach out, and then you do, and it's not very nice.
2: Yeah, some people like reaching out and the response they get. Lots of people, and we talk about this probably on every bloody podcast, lots of people come to this clinic and tell us explicitly what they can't say in the mental health systems. And much like we've discussed recently,
0: just in our conversations, not on the podcast, that it's probably going to be quite difficult for a person to take up their 10 days domestic violence leave because it would involve going to their employer and asking for 10 days domestic violence leave, which yep. you'd assume would lower them the down, them down the ladder of being yeah. their boss's favourite person. Yeah, um, Perhaps mental health is quite the same. Although we say, speak up, take a day off, I think what really happens out there oh, in the yeah. competitive capitalist world is that it's not really okay to...
2: Yeah, I'm glad you've brought that in. and You're talking about the new legislation about paid domestic violence leave, which of course Totally supported. The only bit that confuses me about that, as you say, is how possible is it for someone to ask for that or speak up and take that without repercussion, like mental health. And given that the same determinants are at play, i.e. violence, oppression, harm, poverty, inequities, prejudice, what are we doing to address those things? Like, I'm in favour of all the good things, but in mental health and in domestic violence, what we don't really get to is the nub of supporting people with those those core things. That, and so it's my phrase, isn't it, about systemic advocacy is on the clock of the oppressed. You know, while we're all doing systemic change over 50 years, people are still being oppressed today, to right now as we're talking. People I've spoken to today. And that's what mental health shorthand covers up and I, I know some people will vehemently disagree with this and that's fine, Like let's have these debates but otherwise we just go along with the same, same jargon and we move it from one thing to another. Certainly mental health at the moment generates an awful lot of money for industry mm-hmm. and what we see at the least is those most oppressed in the mental health system It's not working for them. And
0: I also don't want to miss making the point when we're talking about does mental health exist, what is mental health, that if someone, and as we know a lot more often than not, a woman is escaping a situation of violence or domestic violence, how quickly does that woman get labelled as having mental health problems and how quickly do we see the... Real source of the problem, not actually addressed, which is the violent male in the situation, that the woman's labelled as having a mental health problem, whether she's still in the situation or has managed to escape the situation.
2: Yeah, and I want to say on that when we address the violence of men we're not saying necessarily punitive or anything else we're, we're continuing to talk about violence, social determinants, oppression, problems the origins of problems rather than asking the person who's being oppressed to change and I, when you're on about that absolutely we see this we see an awful lot of women here of because the numbers are what mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. and the violence is what it mm-hmm. is who have found themselves in the mental health system in the context of violence from, from male perpetrators. Mm. Not always, we know that, but the vast majority. And all of them have a diagnostic label. Almost always, schizophrenia, bipolar, borderline personality disorder. Mm. That's almost always. Mm. If they're lucky, and I say lucky in tongue-in-cheek, mm. they've got an OCD label. It doesn't matter. It all still comes with the same drugs, the same sense that they're not in control of themselves. So this kind of gaslighting oppression that exists. Then I want to go on and say, okay. And then you can take it a step further and say, we see a number of people whose children are in the child protection system. Those women get automatically assessed for their mental health. And then you're back there again. Mm. So we'll assume this woman has a mental health problem. What are we talking about? Mm. Because when you look behind that, you see the same social determinants, oppression, Mm. violence, harm, racism, discrimination, prejudice.
0: And that's getting to the heart of what I'm trying to speak about, which is... Well, it's understandable, right, that if under whatever circumstances a mother is separated forcefully from their child and has to go through that process, that's going to be horrible. There's going to be, uh, as you're saying, a bodily response to that, whether it's the brain, the heart, the arms, the legs, the whole of person is going to have a response. And we can understand that. So why then might we find a label to put on that that's something other than a mother being emotionally affected by being separated from a child.
2: Absolutely. Because it's and more
0: words or because it's easier to dismiss what's going on if we just call it
2: mental health? You know what I think it's about? Partly, not, not, and this isn't individuals, it's about the mental health of the people working in that system. Mental health. No, it's about the experience of people working in that system who are told what they have to do on no resources in legislative environments that don't always feel like there's any social justice and human rights, let alone uh, uh, any way through that. And so we've just got these layers and layers. I I mean, I very rarely see someone working at the pointy end of the Child Protection Service who goes, God, this is great. I feel there's a real equity here and we're really... I hear them saying we really believe in safety of children and some of the things people go through to, to get access to the children is awful and I have to do that, but I'm not going to talk about that because that's too much. And so, yeah, so then their their so-called mental health, no, no, their experience of oppression within the workplace of having to maintain the rules of doing what we've always done, it just goes on and on, doesn't it? The cycle just continues and continues, and I think it renders the shorthand of mental health quite grotesque, really, Mm -hmm. in my view. And I'm sitting here worrying about somebody
0: who does conceive of their experience of the world through a lens of mental health and taking away an understanding of this that isn't about what we're trying to get to which is being compassionate and loving to people so i mean whatever words or concepts you use really showing compassion to somebody and listening to somebody and loving someone is the main thing right so i think yeah. And I, I feel like we're more conscious of this, maybe more conscious of this on this second podcast yep. season, or at least I am, I know, to speak yeah. for myself, that I just want people to understand that when we're getting passionate and, and objectionable yeah. about things, it comes from a place of wanting to get the crap out of the way so we can just be in relationship yeah. with somebody and hear their experience and not Absolutely. dismiss it or invalidate it, which we know that putting labels on and categorising things and grouping things together and it just makes it easier to dismiss things and not see the unique individual.
2: I'm so glad you said that because I I agree. The distress is real, the experiences are real and if saying I've got a mental health problem really works for you, brilliant, but it doesn't work for
0: so many. In much the same way we can respect that, you might say, that that's my spiritual belief, belief is how I managed to make sense of the world that, ah, this was God's will or that this is something that's testing me or this is part of my destiny, part of a greater journey. Well, great, we can (sighs) hold real interest in getting into the nitty-gritty of what's that about, why do you believe that, how does that work?
2: Yeah, and we can see this in other fields like uh, environmental campaigns. It's okay to get angry Mm -hmm. about the decimation of what's Mm -hmm. going on on the earth. Well, I, I do feel anger. I do feel agitation about how we've oversimplified and therefore left an awful lot of people not feeling like there's a safety in the world and that they can make sense of things. So that's not saying other, you know, it's, not, it's, it's like saying if we're going to stop the climate change issue, no one's able to loo- ever use a computer again because it had to get manufactured in a company and there was smoke from that company. So we're not saying that. Is that your chronic climate fear disorder? <laughs> CCFD? CCFD? Yeah. Oh, that, can we apply to have Come that in. in the next year? <laughs> yeah. CCFD, chronic, chronic climate change disorder. disorder. Where's the F? C-C- C-C- uh-huh. Chronic climate change...
0: CCCD? That's, that's my acronym, confusion disorder. Yeah, nice. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what's caused that. I didn't just stuff up the acronym. There was a, a reason behind that, driving that.
2: So, we need to wrap it up. We do. Um, and I want to say, I just want to say, look, I just want to really reiterate what you've said. We're, we're absolutely not trying to take things away from people. We're trying to create a discussion where we can think more deeply about what's affecting who and how and how we can not just do that in a really shorthand way. Do we want to do a quick check-out? We yes, didn't so check we... in today. Yes. Got do you want, want to go first? Yeah, you? yeah, I do.
0: Because yeah. um, I had something pop up that I wanted to say, so I thought doing a checkout would give me one last chance to be heard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just that I'm conscious we've been quite joking in a bit of a, I mean, if you don't laugh, you'd start crying about it Mm. type way. That just the insanity of the whole thing, the insanity of these names and labels that we've come up with for people's experiences. Um, And I think it's important to laugh about it as well because having a sense of humor is good for your mental health (laughs) (laughs) that's my checkout. i'm glad we've talked about it i'm not sure if we got to the crux of does mental health exist or not but i've enjoyed being a bit playful with you and also finding some good points along the way i think so thanks
2: yeah thanks i'm i'm feeling quite emotional i have to say and and you know at risk of making a joke out of it is that <laughs> my mental health but you know I've gone through a roller coaster of wanting to talk about this really enjoying sitting down with you and we could have done this off podcast and it would have been just as enjoyable mm. and then also noticing my silliness about the heart and the brain but also feeling myself get quite into that and recognizing how that felt and what I was thinking and how distanced I actually felt from you when I was thinking about the heart in the head and you were thinking about another subject mm. and then catching that and recognizing oh, I can let go of that now and noticing how my emotions changed. And that's why this is important and maybe you've set up beautifully a part two because we haven't got to the crux of it but for me, I've just noticed a whole range of feelings as we've been talking and I don't I don't want you to reduce that to a, sh- a short acronym because it's the richness mm. and the fullness of that that makes me alive. And that's all I think I'm saying. So I'm really grateful. Cool.
0: In that spirit, I want to end by saying thanks to everyone who yeah. actually is listening to the podcast. Yeah. Because, I mean, at its lowest level of worth, it's nice to be able to express ourselves in yeah. the middle of a work day. So yeah. it's nice for someone to hear that, if yeah. nothing thank else. You. So thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> right. See
1: you next time. Everywhere people, in every place All of the countries, and each race Need your hope, that's what this word is in need Hope is in the water that sprouts the seed Hope is the thing that stops you bleed and Hope is the ivory in the weed So give hope, and live hope And when your kids are hungry Feed them hope, if the system Have hope, if the situation makes you cry Have hope, cause now it's time to dry your eyes And hope, that that'll keep your dreams alive I hope, that you hope Cause everyone's future is resting on Your hope can take the worst thing and turn it around Hope can find the lost that was not to be found Hope can make the losers then start gaining ground And hope can turn your pennies right back into pounds This hope can be rebuilt even when it's been killed And if you believe, your hope will be full Alive. Just to raise your hope, just to make you think that they're helping you cope. They're selling you eggs without no yolk. They're wearing you down until your will is broke. This ain't real hope, they don't feel hope. They wheel hope and deal hope and turn it into false hope. Then we give up on this world like it's a sinking boat. We let each other drown instead of flinging the rope. We're turning the place into some kind of joke. But we can't laugh, we can't lose hope in these times while they commit these crimes. Because there's nothing else out here keeping us afloat. Hope is elusive, a glint in the eye that something is exclusive. I think they can buy. Or make excuses, they just sit and ask why Our mistakes are conclusive, hope will just die But I wouldn't lie, singing all all alibi Give hope a try, and hope gets high You'll be bereaved, but you'll also receive Half hope can be deceived, took this got to believe And hope, don't let it leave, or ever receive Just hope, and then one day, you're going to succeed You can't be without hope, don't go without hope Don't doubt hope will keep you warm When you're with cold hope Make you young when you're tired and old. Hope can make a bright man hearty and bold. But hope can find the truth that has never been told. Cause some people take hope and some people make hope. But you are the people, you people here. You're the ones that I feel are sincere. You're raising my hope. will hold your hand when you feel insecure. Hope will find a way through any long door. When you're feeling unsure, make a point you're wise, even when there's a floor. Open in your belly when you're thinking you more Stop disease when there isn't a cure. Hope will do it all, and so much more. And so much more. And so much more. And so much more. so much more.